Powered by Go Goat Sports in partnership with TSN, it is episode 57, season 4 of the Ray and Greg's Hockey Podcast. This is our playoff preview, yep. Ray, and it is presented by our title sponsor, Canadian Club Whiskey. And there you are. Clearly see the wallpaper, and that just screams of being in Boston. So Does that really say Boston? Boston? That just one. says hotel. That now, says hotel. Yeah, it kind of does. I just wanted to somehow link you being in Boston for the opening game of that series with Panthers and the Bruins, and that was the best I could come up with. But, man, you're kind of hitting it on yep. the fly, which you do on an annual basis. But round one is setting up to be a It beat, is, right? and a varied first round. So in the States with two national carriers, ESPN and Turner, uh, uh, TBS, yeah. so, or TNT, rather, is... Uh, uh, we don't get one series. And the reason you don't is because TNT has their basketball nights. ESPN has their basketball night. For example, the, the Celtics and the Knicks are both in the playoffs. That means the Bruins and the Rangers don't have yeah. the buildings all the nights they want, which confuses no. the TV schedule. So I've got games one and two of the Bruins and Panthers. In between, I'm going to Toronto for game one. I'm Looking forward to that as well for Lightning and Leafs. Then I come back, yeah. and my next game is Saturday at Madison Square Garden. That'll be game three of the Devils-Rangers. And so in that 24-hour period, they'll have a Billy Joel concert that got moved to Friday night at Madison Square. <laughs> they'll have the Knicks game in the afternoon and the Rangers game in the evening on Saturday, changing three venues mm. into three different things. Crazy stuff. Holy and then it, and then it'll be so I got Devils Rangers for games three and four, and then the Bruins for game five, and then I, I don't know, I don't know, yeah, who knows? It'll be fun though. This is like, it's this so a, great. I love this time of year. I think most uh, so envious because you're part of the in yeah. game, right? Obviously, you know. So how about this for a boondoggle for me? So going in tonight, we're recording this on Monday. Don't have to do anything for Sports Center or that's hockey prior to. Um, just have to be there for the Oilers LA game one, 10 p.m. So you got to go into the studio at 10? Yeah, but we're not doing anything all day. You don't have to. I'm, I'm clearly going to watch the early games, but I'm watching just for my, you know, own entertainment and, and education. But no, no, nice easy day. Late yeah. night, granted, late night, but it's all good. So what time it's will you get good. to the studio? That's uh, a good question. Well, Dave Poulin will be there. So I might slide in early and watch like the third yeah, period sure, of the sure. early games. You know, then you kind of get the juices going, maybe have a coffee. You know, what do you think of this game, that game sort of thing? And then you get set for the the late game of the Oilers and uh, the LA Kings. We've got Dave Nonis, who's frequent friend of the Rain Drakes Hockey Podcast, longtime NHL general manager. He is going to stop by shortly to help us go series by series in the East and the West and kind of preview and, and set the scene. So look forward to that. A few items I wanted to get to in headlines this week. And why don't we Ray, start with a shout out to the USA women, right? <laughs> so predictable. We know Canada, the US normally are going to battle for gold in the, the women's world championship. And that was the case again last night. That Canadian team is so talented, so loaded, but in comes USA and Hillary Knight scores a hat trick in pacing the Americans to the 6-3 win over Canada. So, again, you know, it's interesting in your household because you've got Cammy, you've got the Canadian push, you've got all of that. I, I was enjoying, I was entertained by that hockey game. 
Yeah, I mean, as a Canadian, maybe the outcome could have gone differently, but it doesn't matter to me one way or another. But Team USA came ready, man. They were they were fully dialed in. Like yeah, it. Uh, as I watch, what I think is, I start to notice that how the the rosters are starting to turn over, and you're getting younger players on both teams. And as we've seen the men's side, the younger players bring a different skill set, and the game elevates. And and that's what I think's happening when I watch the U.S. and Canada is the the skill set of the women is elevating to a level that it wasn't there before ten years ago, five years ago. It just the evo- the evolution just keeps rolling along, and and they're get the players are getting better and better. Much like we see, you know, when we watch the NHL playoffs, you go, man, these playoffs look different than they did ten years ago. And uh, and for Hillary Knight, like you know, she's um you know she's been in that program a long time. She's a She's a Hall of Fame player when whenever she eventually hangs him up. And uh yeah, she's she's known, you know, I we've known of Hillary for a long time. There's a connection story between her and Cammy that goes back to when Hillary was at Cammy's hockey camp and and then they end up wearing the same number, which is which is pretty cool. So congrats to the US and uh, an excellent tournament. Least surprising thing that happened recently in the National Hockey League happens in Pittsburgh. Oh, right? when you said least surprising, and, and, I'm like, oh, what do we got? Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. And look, I, I'm not trying to make light of the situation. You don't like to see when good people like Ron Hextall, Brian Burke, and Chris Pryor lose their jobs. And that's that's what happened. But I think we all had the sense the Fenway group, the owners of the Pittsburgh Penguins, just wanted to go in a different management direction for, I'm sure, a variety of reasons. But as we talked about on the podcast last week, Ray, whoever comes in there, that management group, this new group, has got a mammoth task to get this club. And and what direction are you going here, right? Are you trying to embrace what you probably need to? And that's trying to flank Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin and Chris Letang, insulate those guys, maybe try and get them back in the playoff equation? Or do you say, no, we can't do it? We got to address our issues because you look systemically through that team, Ray, there's not a lot coming. Okay, so a couple things I'll say about this that very disappointing from the the Penguins' point of view to miss the playoffs. Whether they were going to go deep or whatever, they're they're disappointed. That that ends a long run, one of the longest runs um, in professional sports of making the playoffs. Number two is Fenway Group did not hire Ron Hextall. He was there when Fenway took over, when they bought the team. And so if things go south and maybe they don't like the way things are done or they would do it a little different way, they're going to make a change. And the third thing is, to your point about surrounding Crosby, Malkin, and Latang. are you a baseball fan at all, Drakes? Oh, yeah, a bit. Yeah. Do you know where Mookie Betts plays? Uh, Mookie Betts plays for the Los Angeles Dodgers, one of the greatest players to play for the Boston Red Sox in the last 25 years. And Fenway Group said, we're moving on. (laughs) And what I'm saying is, I think it is more than possible that Fenway ownership and whomever the new management will be will look at things in a macro view, not just let's surround these three great players. I think it's really possible. I don't have any knowledge of that, but I think it's really possible given the way they've run their business with the Red Sox. I, I mean, it, it makes sense. And, you know, very aggressive group. But going through and doing their due diligence, which is clearly important. I, I know that they're, 
you know, scheduling meetings with high ranking NHL officials, trying to glean, you know, kind of candidate information, if you will. So you don't go through the retread. Some coaching changes as we wrap up headlines. Larson fired in Columbus. Peter Laviolette will not be back in Washington. Dallas Aikens not offered an extension in Anaheim, so he's out as head coach of the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, again, not to be flipper light here. Is any of that surprising to you? I mean, Lavi and Wash, maybe? Yeah, maybe there. His contract was coming up. You know, it runs out yeah. on June 30th. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you're looking at a three-year extension for not renewing it. That's that's basically your two options for Brian McClellan. Mm-hmm. They felt the caps, the roster, it all felt a little stale this year. And so I, I think it was time for a new voice or a change to to, to be there. I think yeah. Peter uh, Laviolette has said that he wants to coach again. You know, he's not ready yeah. to step away. Um, so he'll have to wait and see what what pops open. I don't I don't think the two other openings that we know of right now are the ones for him. It just doesn't feel like no. it. But it, but as far as Brad Larson and and Dallas Aikens, I mean they're they're in tough spots there because those you know Brad in particular because that team was supposed to be a little better and yeah, it, it yeah. just didn't turn out that way. You know, Line A was hurt a couple times, didn't have a very good year. Uh, Wierenski was out almost the whole year. Their goaltending imploded. You know, good luck, right? Yeah. And and Anaheim's just they're they're going to go to a new coach because they're they're at the ground floor, and it's uh, it'll that to me will be someone that's younger. And can grow with the team. Mm-hmm. Those are your headlines. Reminder, our interviews on Ray and Dregs this year are brought to you by Canadian Club. We're asking, are you over beer? Try a refreshing CC ginger ale and lime next time you're having a drink or watching the Stanley Cup playoffs. Hi, it's Ray Ferraro. You've probably heard me talking about my friends at North Beach Agency and Craft Growth. They provide customized marketing solutions tailored to help grow businesses of all sizes. From results-driven marketing across TV, radio, and podcasts to websites, digital, social, out-of-home, and everything in between, they have the proven expertise to get the measurable results you need to get your business growing. You can visit craftgrowth.net and book your free business growth consultation now. That's craftgrowth.net. All right, pleased to be joined one more time on the Rain Dregs Hockey Podcast by our good pal Dave Nonis, who's going to help us walk through and preview each of the eight NHL postseason series. Why don't we start with the top dog, right? Let's start with the Boston Bruins and the Florida Panthers. And Ray, as we talked about earlier, that's where your position for game one of that best of seven. Everybody seems to be writing the Florida Panthers off. And look, I mean, it would be a huge upset if Florida beats Boston. But is there anything to, Ray, Florida being kind of playoff tested and playoff ready, just given everything that they've had to grind through for the last year? Yeah, I think a little bit. But I also think the Bruins have kind of had a little bit of the same tenor to their season because while they didn't talk about it, it was pretty clear they were hunting down the the points record and they wanted the most wins. And so they they had stuff to play for, too. Not, I mean, certainly not the inner route of Florida. I think it does help Florida, but I don't, in, in my view, it does. it's not going to help them enough. I mean, you got the first time in history, a team has got a 40 win and a 20 win goalie on the same team <laughs> against the guy that's got 39 games in the NHL. 
Right. I mean, just in that alone, there's a huge advantage for Boston. I think they're too deep. And that, I mean, the Bruins would be my pick. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's any way around it. The only strange thing that happens is after weeks of talking about should players be rested down the stretch and we get Bergeron hurt in a meaningless game at the very last one of the season. I mean, I think that's a, I don't think that's going to be enough. He could be out the whole series. It won't be enough. Uh, the depth is too much for Boston, the goaltending. You know, I think they're trying to, we may have talked about this before, about, you know, strange goaltender starts, but this goes back to Steve Penny, the Montreal Canadiens. You know, he, he's 0-4 and, and he gets a tap on the shoulder and you're playing. It's the same situation here with Lyon. I mean, I think he's, he's played really well unexpectedly. Maybe he'll, he'll give him a spark, but this will not be enough for the Boston Bruins to lose to the Florida Panthers. All right. Toronto and Tampa Bay and, and Ray, Last week in the podcast, I mean, you're pretty bullish with what you see in the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. All due respect to the Tampa Bay Lightning. I mean, they've been such a good team for so long, but it does feel like Toronto is as ready as they've ever been. So is this going to be a six, seven game series? Uh, six. I, I think Toronto yeah. wins in six. I think this is the best version of the Toronto Maple Leafs over the last four or five years. And it's the, no, I'll call it the worst, but... It's the least yeah. least powerful version of of the Tampa Bay Lightning over that same time period. Health is is one factor. I do think there's a a pace issue with with Toronto that will bite them somewhere along the line, but it's not going to be in this series. I it just feels like for too many different reasons. Even though they got Vasilevsky, who I would Matt, I I would want in my net every time. I just yeah. I just don't see it. For Tampa, I think this is Toronto in six. David, it looks like Ryan O'Reilly is going to center a line with Tavares on the wing and Nylander on the other side. Is that the right approach here? Or does it make more sense to utilize that depth up the middle and slide Ryan O'Reilly into the, the I think three on the road, against the team? it makes more sense to have him in the three hole. I think at home, you can, you have matchups you can dictate, uh, not just up front, but your back end. I think you can, you know, you, you can mitigate the strength of Tampa's forward group. With having the right deep, you know, deep pairing out there um, on the road, I would I would switch it up. I mean, I think you can always go back to having two top end heavy lines, but I think on the road, I would O'Reilly in the in the three hole and and make it more difficult for Tampa to match up. All right, quick thought on Matthew Nyes, fellas, and then we'll move on to the Carolina Islanders series because our pals Dave Poulin, Carlo Kuliakovo, even the O Dog disappointed that Matthew Nice is wearing the extra gray and, and looks like the 13th forward for the Maple Leafs going into game one against the Lightning. I mean, Ray, if you were the coach, would you do the same thing? Just the inexperience factor here of a kid coming out of college? Yeah, he played three pretty good NHL regular season games that were kind of exhibition type of games, end of the regular season. Do you like this idea or do you at least appreciate and understand why Sheldon is going this route? Oh, I understand it for sure. I thought he had a great quote. He said he hasn't even seen the whole rink yet. You know, like there's <laughs> there's that first playoff game is, I'm telling you, it from my experience, it is completely different than anything else you've ever played. And the building will be loud. The, the pace will seem chaotic to him. So why not sit for a game? And if it if the lineup doesn't work in game one, you're you're fine. You get him in in game two. But his quote about not if Sheldon Keefe's about not seeing the arena yet. I'm like, eh, yeah, that's, that's probably a pretty good way of looking at it. Yeah, totally. I, again, this is a great thing about the market in Toronto. You know, there were there were people that were screaming, "Why won't they trade Matthew Nice at the deadline for a player that can help?" And 
now we're screaming, let's make sure he's in the lineup for opening game. And listen, I think Reed's got to hit it on the head there. Toronto has to win the first game. I mean, they have to. I think if you want to you want to squash any kind of doubt possible. And to do that, I think you want players that have that have been there at least a little bit. You can put this guy in any time during this series. I'm sure he'll find his way into it. He did play, didn't look out of place at games that he played. But I don't think you have to force him into game one. I think right now it's important that he gets his feet under him and they and they, they win the first hockey game. Nice. All right. Well, we'll look forward to that. Carolina and the New York Islanders probably tugging a little bit at your heartstrings, right? Because, you know, obviously there's the rich history with the Isles. I look at this one as a sneaky good series. Maybe it doesn't have the sensationalism of, you know, Boston, what Florida is going to bring. And we talked about the Leafs and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Islanders feel like there's some playoff weight there. Believe At least that's the way I'm looking at it. And the way the Carolina Hurricanes play such determined hockey, this is going to be a tough one to nail down, I think. I think it's a six-game series. I think there's 18 goals in the whole series. <laughs> I I think each team is going to check and pummel each other throughout the series. Carolina does it with pace. Yeah. Islanders do it with heft. Mm-hmm. You know, the Islanders have the best goalie in the series in Sorokin, who's had a really, really yeah. good year that Carolina, Rod Brindamore trots out one of three guys all the time and you know they they ask them not to screw up the project basically in carolina right but i think the teams while they're different they play in such a similar way i just think carolina's better at it than the islanders i think the pace that carolina plays with will be the difference in the series i i got carolina in six here yeah very similar listen i I think what's making this close is the goaltending on the island it's the fact that they get barzell back which might add to that 18 goals, but not by a lot. So I think that the Islanders are a better team than than they were, you know, three, four months ago with the addition of Horvat. I think it's a, it's a good combo with Barzell when he, you know, hopefully gets back and, and is healthy. Sorokin is a difference maker. Losing Svechnikov, not having Patch ready. Carolina's second-line center to me is not good enough, but they are good enough to get past this group. I think it's a seven-game series, so I think this is one that's going to go the, the distance, and I think Carolina wins it. Yeah, I think it's going to be good. couple of ahos for you to work Yeah, with. there you are. Right. This is where Gord Miller just dropped the ball. <laughs> Dave, we're at the World Juniors, and you know Sebastian Ajo for the Finns and Sebastian Ajo for the Swedes. We'd never seen him before. I said, Gord, do me a favor. If the puck goes in the corner and they're in there fighting for it, can you not say there's a couple ahos battling in the corner? And, and he's like, I, I cannot do it. And the other one he did, no courage, was there was a guy at the World Championships, his last name was Stipschitz. Stipschitz, and, yeah. Uh, for, for Hungary. And I said, Gord, can you not just say Stipschitz with a soft dump in the corner? And he's like, yeah. I can't do it. I was just trying to help, you know, just trying to help. That's the color commentary that we live and die for. Devils Rangers as we wrap up the Eastern Conference in the opening round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Dave, I'll start with you. I mean, look. Tom Fitzgerald has done a really nice job of bringing together a group here that looks like they're going to be a top contending team for a number of years. I guess the question is, though, as young as this group is, and they've got a good mix, are they ready? Unfortunately, no. I think that they're ready to, again, this this one here, I think, is a seven-game series, too. It's not going to be a cakewalk. I think people that are saying that the Rangers' experience and the deals that yeah. they made at the end are enough to just roll over New Jersey. I, I just don't see that. I think New Jersey might be naive enough to believe that that this 
is going to be an easy, not an easy, but a, a series that they can win. And they're going to play without any fear. <clears throat> this is a team that most people thought weren't even going to make the playoffs. And yeah. now, they're, you know, you're looking at them as a possible upset. Again, it shouldn't be an upset given where they, they stand, but a lot of people are going to look at this as an upset if Jersey knocks them up. I think they're going to put up one heck of a fight. I, I still think that, that that experience that the Rangers have will be a difference maker. That goaltender, I think, is going to be a difference maker, and it'll be enough to get them past New Jersey, but it's going to be a very good series. Yeah, I, I see it the same way in a sense that um, the devil's speed is going to be a real problem for New York. Like, the devils are fast. I, I saw them a week ago, and I was like, man, these guys get up and down the ice in a hurry. I think the Rangers will will figure out, um, it, it's kind of odd to think of this, but a, a safer way to play where they don't, they can't turn the puck over. They can't make plays that fuel that transition, uh, feed the devil's speed. Uh, Shesterkin to me is the best goalie by a mile in the, in the series. And he's hot. He's the last, he's in last six months, six weeks, man. He has been so good. The devils can get scrambling around in their zone a little bit. I do think the Rangers win. I've got them in six that they, they put it away at, at home. First, this will be the seventh time the Rangers and the Devils have played in a series. <laughs> and it's the first time without Marty Brodeur, which is just yeah. kind of crazy. Although Marty will be Jeez. in a suit, but he's, you know, he, yeah, he'll, be, he'll there. be there, but he's yeah. just not going to have the pads <laughs> on. All right. Western Conference. Let's start with the two Canadian series, Oilers and the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, I mean... I don't know that Ellie gets enough credit for how well defensively they are and how hard that they can check. But in saying that, is it, Dave, is it just a, a bit of a mismatch? Just a bit of a mismatch when you look at the top end and all the firepower that the Edmonton Oilers have. And then you've got the additions of Ekholm and Bugstad. And, you know, Edmonton seems to be a more well-rounded team, obviously. I, I think that they are. Uh, there's a couple things that play into it, too. How healthy is L.A. going to be in this series? You know, they've got some some injuries there that could be a factor. I think that they're very well coached. I think they play, a, like you said, a very solid defensive game. I think they get there's not getting enough credit for how, how they play as a team. They also added a pretty good goalie. I mean, Corpusalo had a, a pretty good, you know, conclusion of the season with L.A. Looks poised to start. I think he's going to be a, a difficult person to solve. But I think Edmonton's got too much there. There's players there. Their high-end players are just too good. The addition of Ekholm helps a ton. I think committing to Skinner as early as they did to be their guy has helped him feel like a starter and believe in himself as a player. I think there's too much there to to challenge. I, I think Edmonton gets past him in six games. Yeah, the injuries, you know, were both up front, uh, you know, to them. And, you know, Kevin Fiala's a hell of a player and a real important part for the Kings. And Gabe Velarde broke out this year, you know, had it. 23 goals as a 23-year-old, and uh, I, I think they're going to miss them. That that Edmonton power play is, you know, is, is a difference maker. I mean, no matter what you do to kill penalties, eventually you're going to take three in a game, and if they go just on the league average, that's one goal a game, right? They're right around 33%, 31%, I think, is where they finish. I like Edmonton's size now to to combat anybody in the playoffs. You you mentioned that home. You know, they got uh, DRNA, who is an enormous human that, you know, kills penalties and plays on that third pair. He's seventh round pick. Dave, you would know better than anybody, man. That's found money. If you've got somebody you can plug in for 12 or 14 minutes, Kane is back and rounding his game into shape. Bukestad's a, you know, is a big boy in the bottom six of their lineup. They got McLeod back. 
And of course, you you know, you got the the big boys at the top. I I just think LA's too much or, or uh, Edmonton's too much. But I I think it's a long series. I really do. I think this one goes seven. I'm always cautious trying to identify upset series. So I'm going to qualify by saying I think there's potential for upset in favor of Winnipeg over the Vegas yeah. Golden Knights. But three weeks ago, I wouldn't have said that. I mean, it looked bleak three weeks ago for Winnipeg. I mean, they were in complete disarray, but Connor Hellebuck kind of threw the team on his back. Bonus puts Shifley on the wing, and that seems to get some things going. So, Ray, let's start with you in this series. There's so many different storylines and injuries a part of that, right? You've got Mark Stone. You've got Eichel coming back into the mix and playing in a playoff series now. Nikolai Ehlers has a question mark beside him. How do you see this series shaping? Uh, this is the one, uh, to me, to have the the most random result. Uh, difficulty to look at and to predict because of you know, all the stuff you just touched on. Uh, Winnipeg has the chance of being that one team that has hit their gear at the right time. And you're right. Three weeks ago, I mean, every time we talk, Dregs, it's, you know, can they find a way in? Can they, how the hell are they going to get their game back? It was so lost. And then all of a sudden it wasn't anymore. I, I think they've got a chance in this series, a really good chance. I also think there's a chance Vegas uses three goalies in the series. Like it's a, it's a wild, it's a wild scenario. If Mark Stone can give Vegas a reasonable facsimile of Mark Stone, I, I think that's I think that's a difference maker for them. He missed the last 39 games with a with a back with his back injury. And but if, if he can just help their penalty killing a bit, help their power play a bit, give them decent minutes. I mean, his conditioning can't be great. You know, he's gonna be behind the boss a bit, but he's a hell of a player and he makes them a better team for sure. I I've got I've got Vegas in seven here. Yeah, this is a tough one. I, I, you know, we've talked before about it. I think everyone wants to write off Winnipeg just because of how unpredictable they were for, you know, 30 of their last 40 hockey games. Uh, they seem to have got it together. You look at their lineup and there's a lot to like there. You know, if they're healthy, that's a pretty good team. You know, this is a team that some people at the start of the season said, this is a team I picked for the, you know, to win the Stanley Cup or to, to at least play in it. You know, obviously your performance dictates what you think of them and their performance wasn't very good down the stretch, but it w- was good at the end. I think the goaltending is something that is really, really going to be, a, could be the difference maker. You know, like Ray said, you, you might see three goalies in the net for, for Vegas. Uh, I'm going to pick Winnipeg and I think it's, it's the one series that I, I think could be the major upset and it's major only because of how they played, not because of the quality of their players. So I'm going to pick them in seven hockey games. All right. I like it. Dallas, Minnesota. There's something about this Dallas Stars team that continues to grab my eye. You know, I mean, we got to make these ridiculous predictions in the TSN playoff preview. And I, I picked Dallas to go to the conference final. I guess we'll see all that. Yeah, you're right. They are, ri- they, they are ridiculous predictions. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, how do you see Dallas and, and Minnesota? It, that series has a potential to have some bite in it. Right? Oh, this is the, I, this has, the chance to be an old timer, you know, like there's, yeah. there's some nastiness to these, these two teams. Uh, it won't take Jamie Ben long to, to wade into the middle of it. And then Minnesota's got some size. I, I, they did get some good news. I don't know. I didn't hear the result of it, but, uh, Joel Erickson X skated for 40 minutes yesterday. Yeah. And man, that's yeah. a, that's an enormous piece of the Minnesota puzzle. Um, I, I think Minnesota is really a sneaky good team 
they also seem to be the type of team that can slug their way through a series. I like Dallas, but I think they were their blue line beyond Haskinen and Lindell can get exposed a little bit. And I've got the wild in seven here. I uh, that that's my Ooh, all right. that's my upset special if there is such a thing. I see it very similar except for the outcome at the end. And I agree with Ray. I think it's these are two teams that are that are built for playoff hockey. It's gonna be a hard, heavy, often I think gruesome series, which is gonna be fun to watch. I think whoever faces the winner is going to face a team that's going to be banged up because it's going to be a, I think it's going to be a tough one. I also agree with, with Dallas's back end. They have to stay completely healthy for the, the back end for them to, to go far because their depth isn't, isn't what it needs to be. So if they can stay healthy in the back end, I love their goaltender. They got some experience up front. I think it goes seven, but I think Dallas wins in seven hockey games. Okay, uh, let's wrap up the West with Colorado and Seattle. It sure sounds like Kale McCarr and Josh Manson are good to go. They're expected to play in game one. And then in the Seattle Kraken rate, you've got a, a team that will push with four different lines. But, you know, given the experience of the Colorado Avalanche and based on what I just said about health, just too much, you think, for Seattle at this point? Yeah, I would, would hesitate to call Seattle inexperienced because they've got, you know, all their players came yeah. from somewhere else. and. They've all played, or yeah. a majority of them have played meaningful playoff games. I think it's an amazing story, and I think it is going to be so awesome at Climate Pledge when Seattle gets back home. I do think Colorado is, they're just a better team, and they're they are healthier, not healthy, but healthier with those additions than they've been in a while. I've got this, I think Seattle's going to win a couple games, though. I really do. Um, but I, I've got Colorado in six. The way Nate McKinnon came down the stretch, oh man, he's he's on it. He is on it. And <laughs> Ranton has got fifty whatever goals he's got, and they're a little thin, you know. Certainly, they didn't replace Kadri, and you know, Landeskog's a big loss. But I, I've got Colorado here. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to bet against them. Uh, there's there's being ready for game one. There's being healthy. I think that that's there's a distinction there between those two scenarios for you know for Manson and Makar I, I believe that uh, if they're putting them in they're going to be healthy enough to to look at the long run I think that they believe they can beat this team by limit even with limiting their play but with those guys in I think that there's they're just too much stack McKinnon on top of it look how they played down the stretch it's a great story already for Seattle I think just the year that they had the consistency, the belief that they had in the system. Oh, they didn't waver when they had a little bit of a blip here and there. They stuck with it. It's a great story. They've done a really good job. I agree. They're going to win a couple of hockey games, but it won't get past that. And they'll lose in six. All right. Good stuff. We'll wrap up. We'll leave it there, Dave, but to put you on the spot before we do, who's your early Stanley Cup favorite? And how team? can you not pick Boston? I mean, I, I think just the, the depth of that group. Not just their season, but I think the depth of, of the of the team, the additions that they put on the roster at the deadline were really helpful. Listen, if they end up playing against the Colorado or an Edmonton in the, in the Stanley Cup final, teams that can play at that pace, there's only one group of defensemen that can play against those players and actually win. And to me, that's, that's the Boston Bruins. How about in game one, it looks like the scratches for Boston are going to be Trent Frederick, who's got 17 goals. And Matt Grizzlick, who's plus 48. Plus 48. I know that stat doesn't mean what it used to, but plus 48. Was he on for a goal against <laughs> this year? Like, usually when you see, when you see plus 48, you think they're counting, bra- 
I mean, that's a long, yes, exactly. that's a big number. <laughs> Dave, Dave in Atlanta, in counting practice, we had nobody that was a plus player, including practice. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent stuff, Dave. Thanks for joining us. And uh, we'll get you back as the postseason unfolds. Oh, yes, the Stanley Cup playoffs are here, and we're excited about that. We've got Chris Abbott joining us, presentation of Botano.ca, now available in Ontario. And Botano reminds us the game starts now, which is, that's real. That's happening. That's starting tonight, game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs as we record. Episode 57 of the Ray and Drake's Hockey Podcast. So, Abs, why don't we zip through each series? Because as we talked about last week, there are a bazillion different propositions on Botano.ca that you can embrace from a gambling perspective. But let's just go series by series quickly, right? And and project how many games, who wins the series. Boston, Florida. Go ahead, my friend. Oh, boy. Um, Boston, but it's going to go six. They're going to get a little scared somewhere along the way. Do we want to say who's the favorite? Why don't we start with that? Chris, do you have that? Okay. Yeah. In yeah. Front of you? I, I can so read why don't the odds you give off us each the, time. Yeah. Give yeah. us the odds. And then, and then, so you've got okay. six. What's yep. the odds on that one? Uh, Bruins are minus 400 in the series. So yep. they're, they're heavy, yeah. heavy, heavy. Right. Raymond, what do you say? Boston. Uh, I've got in... Boston in five. Ooh. All right. I'm going to say Boston in six. Toronto, Tampa Bay. Uh, I'm going to go Toronto in six, but abs. What's uh, what's the line say? Well, what's the the, the Leafs are minus one sixty one favorite. That's actually gone further towards Toronto during the week. I think Boston opened, or excuse me, Tampa opened about plus one twenty. They're plus one thirty yeah. now. You guys know I'm not betting on the Leafs, so I'm going to say I'm going <laughs> to say Tampa breaks everybody's hearts at Scotiabank Arena in Game Seven oh. again. Wow, again. savage! Uh, I, I, mean. I think the ball's turned over on Tampa here and. I've got Toronto in this series. Okay. Carolina Islanders, Abs. What direction are you heading? Well, there? I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, Carolina minus 238 favorite Islanders plus 185. I feel like Islanders probably aren't getting a whole lot of love here mm-hmm. at all. Maybe they, they don't deserve it. The goaltending might be might be interesting one to watch in this series, I think. But uh, Carolina obviously has a much more dynamic team. Give me, give me the Hurricanes and Fives. I've right. got Carolina in six. I I think they play pretty similarly, like defense first teams, yeah. and I just think Carolina's a little better at it. Yeah, I think this is going to be a fun series. So I'll say Carolina in seven. Rangers, New Jersey Devils. Uh, Chris, what does it look like to start? Talk that about series? a series that's going to be fun. Uh, we've got the Devils minus one thirty, Rangers plus one hundred five. As we go into this one, I think the Devils are the team that I've seen the most this year. Really exciting, but something. I don't know. I feel like a few times I've seen them just just a little bit loose. I might see the Rangers upset game seven. Woo! Okay. Yeah, right. I've got the Rangers in six, if only because I, I do think the Devils are a little young. They've had an amazing season. Um, but I, I think it at some point the Devils' blue line gets exposed a bit, and the Rangers have the best goalie in the series by a long yeah. shot, and I think that's the difference. He is the Shesterkin factor for me as well, and he is smoking hot. Six games for me, the New York Rangers. Okay, West, Chris Abbott, Vegas, and Winnipeg. This one has a bit of a bit of a scent. Of it. Well, yeah, and and Vegas is a pretty big favorite. They're minus two hundred. Winnipeg plus one fifty five. You know the Jets have not had the best back half of the season. We all know that. There's been mm-hmm. a a lot going on, but the playoff time in Winnipeg and things get a little bit fun. I want to say the Jets 
I'll go. I'll go. The, yeah, I'll go with the Jets. Why not? They're going to win this game six on okay. home ice. Okay. I I hey. I think this has the potential to be like a kind of an upset special because of Hellebuck and because as much as you put faith or quality into how a team plays coming in, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. It feels like Winnipeg is is playing about as well as yeah. they're going to play. And saying all that, I took Vegas in seven. Okay. I'm going Winnipeg in seven. Mark Stone would make me a bit nervous if I were Winnipeg, heart and soul of the Vegas Golden Knights. But again, no different than Shesterkin and the Rangers. It's Hellebuck yeah. who's the major factor there. Dallas, Minnesota. Well, I think uh, App likes this series. I a yeah, little old timey right there. Yeah. I think he likes this. <laughs> I do. And two teams that don't get nearly enough coverage in Canada. Like uh I hope you know, I hope this one isn't relegated to the to the practice fields like um like it's spring yeah. training, but it's gonna be, you know, hopefully that we get to watch a lot of it. The, I don't know. I really don't know. I think I think Minnesota's <laughs> due to have some success though. I'm I'm gonna take the wild. I'm gonna take the wild in a knockdown drag him out series. Maybe we get a triple overtime in here. Okay, Minnesota Wild. I think this is, like I said, I think this is old timey. I think it's bitter. I think it's physical. I think Dallas's blue line is their Achilles heel and Minnesota's the way Minnesota four checks and can grind yeah. you down. I think that's the difference. I think Erickson X health is a key for Minnesota. He skated just before the playoffs for 40 minutes. And if, if he can... If he can play, I think that changes a lot for Minnesota. It looks like he's going to, but we'll have to wait and see for game one. Yeah, I'm I'm saying Dallas in seven, so that's my third series in round one. Oh, you know who's going to be you know going to be happy with yeah. your, all your game seven picks? The the network, the general managers, because that means more revenue, and that means escrow <laughs> yes, goes down. Yes, yes, yes. Oilers in Los Angeles. Uh, I mean, you got to be leaning heavy. The Canadian factor here and the star power of the mighty oil. App. Well, they're minus 250 favorite uh, LA plus 195 in the series. And if I'm just betting the series here, I'm finding a way to get some money on LA. I mean, the Oilers finished five points ahead of the Kings in the standings. They unbelievable down the stretch, of course. These teams all played some really good games in the regular season. So from a betting perspective, I'm going to find a way to bet the Kings. But I think the I think the Oilers have to win this series. A little more experience, so I'll take the Oilers. But I think it's going to be a long one. Oh, I'm going to say okay. in six. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Abs. I we talked about it earlier. I just, there's nothing easy about playing the Kings. They, you know, they just they make every series hard. And um, yeah, but I think Edmonton's just too much, too deep, and they've got the you know the top top end. Of course, uh, the Oilers go into this series with all twelve forwards with at least ten goals on the season. Yeah. That's that, so you can't just say they're the top end and nobody else. That's not fair, and that's not right. This is a deep team, yeah. and I, I think added size, better goaltending, which Stu Skinner's given them down the stretch here. Depth, I, I think this is this is an Edmonton series, but I've, I've got it in six. Yeah, I'm going to go Oilers in six. That's a good number. Makes a lot of sense. Colorado, Seattle, as we... Uh... Wrap up round. Avalanche one, major favorites, the the biggest in the in the first round at minus four hundred to Seattle's plus two forty. I don't think it'll be that big of a disparity here, but I think as good as yeah. a story of the story as the Kraken have been this year, it's awesome to see them go into the playoffs. I'm going to say Colorado in Ooh, five. Right. I gave Seattle two games. Abs. 
I think it's an awesome story. <laughs> I really do. I think they really are an impressive team. I think their goaltending is not near good enough for a playoff series. They're not inexperienced. I mean, they got a lot of guys that have played in the playoffs, but I just, I think Colorado's too good. And in particular with, you know, McCarr's ready to go and it looks like Manson's ready to go. And yeah, I just think Colorado's too much. I agree with that. I was actually leaning towards a sweep, which is too disrespectful. I'm not going to do that. So I'll I'll give, I'll give Seattle a game and I'll go Colorado in five as well. All right, abs, we're going to wrap up here quick, but do you have the line in front of you? I mean, Dave Nonis was on the podcast earlier, talked about Boston as being the obvious Stanley cup favorite. I mean, is it, is it abundantly obvious or is it closer than what some people might? Uh, Stanley cup favorite. I did have it in front of me. I do have three the, under uh, the bus yeah, Boston three to one, right? Um, yeah. That's pretty short. Right. That's pretty short coming into a yeah. playoffs. And I don't know that I've seen anyone lately that even last year, you know, Colorado was longer than that coming in, I believe. So if you do yeah. think Boston's going to win the Stanley Cup, there's better ways to bet it. You can pick their opponent and who they beat in, in a forecast. So you can oh. take Boston to beat Colorado right. in the final, for example, at 24, at 24 yeah. to one. So if you can figure out who's going to come through the West, <laughs> there's a lot more money to be had by picking who they beat in the final than just picking yeah. them to win. Good stuff as always, man. We'll check back later this week. All Thanks right, for doing it. looking forward to it, guys. Now it's going to get fun. All right, Ray. Exciting way to get the day going. The Rain Briggs Hockey Podcast, and chances are there's going to be a nap involved, oh, yeah. skate, you know, things like that. you got a lot of work going on today. Boston Bruins, Florida Panthers, and fired up. Have, and, yeah, to, so yeah. I put a, I put aside my Bruins Panthers prep, and I'll prep a little bit of Leafs Panthers or Leafs mm-hmm. uh, Lightning, and then I'll go back to finish up with the Bruins and Panthers because that needs to be the first thing on the brain, not the Leafs. So they're yeah, gonna. Yeah. But I'll get most of that done tomorrow on the flight up. It'll just be a little review and then a nap in Toronto. Every day it's got to have a nap. It just seems, isn't there? Yeah, for focus enough and sharp enough to try and catch a bunch of little things that you might yeah, not get yeah. during the regular season. But use this example a lot about the playoffs. Every 50-50 puck is the most important 50-50 puck the player will ever battle for until the next one. Right. And then that is. Not be as important in the regular yeah. season. It's my job to try and find those now. So I li- I mean, for me, it's the juice is there. I love it. Yeah, well, well we're all looking forward to it. We know it's going to be an excellent broadcast. And the series that you're involved with are all intriguing series yeah, too, right? For so sure. That'll help. All right. All right, buddy. Well, get on with your day. Save travels and we'll be watching and we'll be listening to you on ESPN. Yeah. And you get a nap late one, you know, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a late one. Oh, pre and post. I mean, I'm going to break a sweat at some point. I mean, that's three minutes on both sides Ooh, of the game. Are, look out. That's hard. Yeah. All right, buddy. Shout out to all our partners who make the podcast possible. Our title sponsor, good friends, Canadian club whiskey. Thank you. Canadian club asks, are you over beer? Botano.ca. It's available now in Ontario. And Botano reminds us the game starts now. And by doer, use code RNDPANTS and you will save 15% off everything at doer.ca. Episode 57 of the Rain Dregs podcast. Till later in the week in episode 58. Enjoy the Stanley Cup playoffs and stay safe, everybody.